Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. We brought Miles in. <laughs> Tristan sat in the corner and watched. It was very strange. <laughs> oh my goodness, I hope Penny never listens to this. Hello and welcome back to season two of Test Tube Baby. We're back for episode two of season two. We're still doing it. I'm so proud of us. I need to stop like doubting the sort of conviction of our attempts to record this. But for some reason, I, I do, I do, I do keep worrying it's not going to happen, but it's happening. If you're new to the podcast, you're probably lost. I would go back to season one. It will make a lot of sense. Uh, but if you want to stay here, that's absolutely fine. And if you are a Test Tube Baby listener from way back when, when this all started, thank you so much for sticking along with us. My name is Miranda Burns and over there he's got the sniffles is Tristan Hall. I have and I feel I feel like I've got custard in my head. Oh that's a great way of describing it. Like a sort of thick but like not custard but Custard that your mum's made on the stove, so it's a lot thicker than tin custard. Well, well kind of gelatinous. Paul Hollywood on Bake Off would be like, did you use gelatin in this? And they'd be like, oh, yeah. How many sheets? 16. Well, that was too many. Well, it's, it, yes. Yeah, I agree with you. Like, not. I mean, like, you know the, the custard you get in a packet mix? Mm-hmm. Not stuff that comes out of a, ta- a, a tan? A can. A tan. It's beautifully mixed and kind of creamy. This is a little bit lumpy, a little bit bubbly yep. and unpleasant. That is my head right now. It's yeah. just full of that. Did you ever have pink custard at school? No, you know, I never had school meals, did I? Oh my gosh, yeah, you weirdo, you just had lunchboxes. At my, my primary school, school... didn't do school meals, I didn't have a choice. You didn't have a kitchen? Well, we had a kitchen, I don't know why it used to be used, because both my sisters had them, but they just... So you didn't have pizza and chip Fridays? No, Escots, that, slacking. That is so sad, I'm so sorry. Yeah, well, it's actually something that's really affected me for the rest of my life, so... <laughs> sorry, like, I shouldn't... Exposing it two minutes into episode two of season two is pretty... <laughs> pretty insensitive of you i do apologize moving swiftly on wherever you are we hope you're having the best day and don't have a head filled with custard uh, in test you baby we are well we started by chatting through all things ivf and our pregnancy uh, but life has changed quite a lot since then so get ready for a whole lot of other kinds of content because we do now have a baby and we are married we are husband and wife and seems as we are back for season two we need to spread the word so please share tag us in your instagram stories reshare our posts send a cheeky link to somebody who you think would like the podcast it made me so happy because when last week's episode came out I got so many messages from people saying like oh I'm currently walking the dogs and I'm listening to the podcast or I'm not actually trying to conceive but I'm listening to the podcast and I'm laughing and yeah it just it just felt really lovely 
a friend of mine actually who works in podcasts. Uh, she'll she'll be listening to this, so little shout out to her. Uh, she was sending a screenshot of a podcast I think that they'd published um, on like Apple Podcasts mm. to her team, and on the bottom, you know, your little little bar of what you're currently listening yeah. to, it was Test Tube Baby. Oh, wow. and everyone at work gave her like, "Are you having a baby? Are you having IVF?" <laughs> and she had to try and explain to her, "No, no, no, this isn't actually something I'm interested in because I'm doing IVF. I'm interested in it because it's a bloody good podcast." And Tristan's friend, I hope you did say that indeed to your bosses. That what was it? Apple. Uh, what did you say? Apple Podcasts? It, well, it, it a was, very big platform that may want to monetize our podcast? If you fancy it, then we can tone it down. We can tone it up. Doesn't matter what you... We, we can work around whatever you want us to do because... We are fickle. And we yeah, we, we, we love money. This is just not true, is it? This no, it's just, not. Just absolutely Doing it for the love of the pod. <laughs> so in true Tristan and Miranda style, there will be a whole lot of tangents, more than one euphemism, and inevitably we will expose and embarrass ourselves. This is a big episode today, ladies and jelly beans. We are talking birth. Don't laugh at me, Tristan. When I was little and I was at a magic show and the magician said, ladies and jelly beans, I'd be like, oh, that's so funny. Somebody will have chuckled hearing that. I will have cheered someone up a little bit hearing that. Yeah, that's true, fair enough. There you go. But yeah, we are talking about the birth of little Penny Wu. I mean, it's about high time we talked about it because I don't think I've really mentioned it on socials. Like, I don't think I've done a single post about, like, my birth story. I haven't, have I? Nobody actually knows the ins and outs of it. The outs, mostly. Yeah, mostly. It's a good job it was the outs, because if it was the ins, then something would have gone very wrong and Penny would still be in my tummy. But yeah, this is a Test Tube Baby exclusive. Basically, we just love you guys, and so we wanted you to have like the insider knowledge. Uh, and it's like a thank you for sticking with us for so long. Also, podcasts allow us to go into proper detail. And when I say proper detail, I mean proper detail. So heads up, content warning, all that. We will be talking about birth and birth obviously includes in it a couple of potentially, um, what can I say, blood, uh, you know, medical things, medical terminology. If that's not your jam, then maybe join us at the next episode. I guess we start at the very beginning and give you a little bit of context. If you don't remember, Penny's due date was the 6th of December. That was the due date that was given to us based on our NHS 12-week scan. However, our IVF due date, i.e. the date that we were given based off of when she was implanted into my womb, was the 8th of December, so two days later. Because you know when you go into a hospital, right, when you're or go to see a doctor when you're pregnant, they can kind of guess your due date based on when you did the deed right (laughs) so you give them like your when did it happen that's when it was so luckily because it was IVF we knew like the minute the hour the day everything so that is a much more accurate way of measuring it yes you know obviously that can change and and go one way or the other which is why they look at the 12-week scan but I think from memory that all of our consultants and our midwives are like, well, let's, let's just go off the IVF date because we know that is completely accurate. There's yeah. no room for error. There's no margin for Penny being the wrong way in, in the womb and whatnot. Like There is literally, that's it, it's a fact. Yeah, it is It is a hard, concrete fact. She was also measuring quite big as a baby from the get-go, which makes sense. You know, They brought their due date, what is it, earlier? Yeah, the 6th, so earlier from the 8th. 8th being IVF, 6th being the NHS one. Um, And that was a trend that kind of continued on throughout the whole of the pregnancy. By the time that we were about 
36, 37 weeks. Yeah, she was measuring pretty chunkily. And we did get offered a cesarean, which initially I was like, no, I'm just, I'm, I don't want to do that. Cesareans look bloody hard. Fair play to anybody who gets through that. It is major abdominal surgery. And I just, I didn't want to do that. And it's not just the surgery as well. It's it's, it's the aftermath, right? It's the experience <laughs> afterwards. It's You make it sound like an apocalyptic film, well, post-apocalyptic. In a way, yeah. I mean, think about it. You're, you're, you're having, no, it's not just like, a, you, know, you have a laparoscopy, right? Mm-hmm. And the incisions are quite small. Imagine the size of the incision, <gasps> the, the the fact that you're, you know, what do you need after major surgery? Rest. Yes, what sleep. do you not get after having a cesarean? Rest. rest right it is it, i mean fair bloody play i mean if you want to take that route then absolutely do because it's it's the best option for some people and to be honest a lot of people who are in our situation would have taken the cesarean mm. we decided against it we've obviously spoken about a lot of things back in season one around our decision to, to have penny vaginally or vaginally depending on what s- side of the pond you're from yeah, i was gonna say do you say vaginally or vaginally because i say vaginally but vaginally think- sounds like one too many syllables but it's the same amount as yeah vaginally vaginally, vaginally. Vag- Vaginally, it's just the, just a, a different vowel sound. Let's put a pull up on our uh, Instagram stories. Do you say vaginally or vaginally? Vaginally or vaginally? Oh, that one sounds a little bit saucy. Anyway, we decided to try and have Penny in that way. So <laughs> we kind of never really looked into cesarean much more than just those initial appointments. So if it's the right thing for you, then then by all means do. But I think for us, we decided against it. And so it was never really an option on the table. But because she was a big baby and because she was an IVF baby, they were really eager to have her sort of around about her due date. And so induction was on the cards. This is something we've done a whole episode on before. Again, we didn't really fancy doing an induction, but we did in the end have one booked in for the 8th. They wanted to book it in for the 6th, for the NHS due date, but we managed to kind of, what's it called? You twist We twisted their arm and we said, can you push it back just two extra days? Because obviously the IVF date is a little bit later on in the year. And that was quite nice, actually, because we had that little trump car because we went in and we thought right we don't really want an induction we want to just let her do her thing and come out when she's ready and they were like yeah sixth we, we the, the latest we'll go is your due date which is the sixth and then we kind of went well actually whip that card out mm-hmm. the reverse it uno card and <laughs> and we got an extra two days which was great because it allowed us a little bit more time to just give us time to, to finish off like when you're on bake-off back in the bake-off reference <laughs> and your noose gets his biscuits out too oh early. my god i thought you said like you're your noose, as in your anus, as in your no, your noose. Anus. I could have said anyone. I could have said. I don't know. Sandro's my San- favourite. Sandro Bay. Um, <laughs> Subira. Yeah, another absolute babe. But Sandro <sighs> is the heartthrob. What, what a queen. Sandro has got some absolute arms on him, and you know what? He's kind of cool because he's got that cross. It, it, Tris is flexing his muscles. He's got that cross tattoo behind his ear. So he's like Bake Off, but he's cool. He's like a bit edgy. He's also a child miner, which I love. Yeah, I know. I did love that. He's usurping all expectations, isn't he? He's like, I work out. I'm really macho. I'm always in the gym. I babysit and I bake. Yes, Sandro, you do you. If I had the option to send Penny to a child miner, it'd probably be him. I wonder if he lives near our area. Well, imagine. She would just eat the best food. His rates are going to skyrocket after Bake Off, though. Oh, I bet. I bet. He's going to be charging, like, easily 30 quid an hour. We can't afford that. Yeah, we can't be doing that. But back to birth. Because we had this induction date sort of looming in the near distance um, and we didn't really want to have it, we then tried to just induce Penny ourselves in the best way we possibly could. I think I had four different stretch and sweeps, which, you know, we asked for. Uh, The first time one of those happened, I was two centimetres dilated. Whenever I say dilated, I always go to say diluted. I have to mentally... 
mentally correct myself before I said it because obviously diluting is what you do to squash, dilating is what you do to your cervix and they are very different things. Yeah, you couldn't you couldn't dilate squash. You could try. You could stretch that bottle cap, but I don't think it's really going to work. <laughs> stretch the bottle cap. I'll tell you what, the Tesco and Sainsbury's quadruple strength squash could do with some dilation. Yeah, do you know what? I absolutely agree. It's, that stuff is toxic. It will take the skin off the back of your throat. It is so strong. And don't come at me and be like, you're only meant to put a little bit in. I do put a little bit in. It's just so strong. I think you need pipettes. You need to pipette it in. So the conventional way is to pour, right? And you've got to think about the diameter of your glass, how much is in the bottom, how big, the, how long. The, I've got a glass. It's like a pint glass. It has a really small bottom, but it's a pint glass. It's fucking tall, right? So I had to try and think about how much squash it looks like there is at the bottom. Different glasses are different. It's a very stressful experience. <laughs> a pipette, you could say, right, this is a pipette. One pipette full is right for this glass. And then, you know, Bob's your uncle. There you go, genius. And if you're interested in this household, we are typically a sort of orange and mango squash drinking couple. Unless it's a Robinson situation in which we're going for a peach. Because Robinson's peach squash is the stuff of dreams. You would call it the elixir of the gods? Nectar of the, the gods? Nectar of the gods, there the elixir go. of life. That is a classic Tristan phrase. Fuck yeah. But back to the dilation. Obviously, it didn't really work. I mean, we tried everything, didn't we? There was a period of a week I'd sort of, I was about to say broken up from work. I'm not at school. I had, I had a, you know, started my maternity leave. I'd left Capital behind for the time being. Um, and we had about, what was it, like two weeks until the induction date was due. And so we literally did everything we possibly could. We had those stretch and sweeps. I was also drinking raspberry leaf tea like it was going out of fashion. I had the cheap stuff and the bougie stuff. I was doing cinnamon shots. I was walking up curbs. I was walking up steps. If you live near winter Sir, you will know it's an incredibly hilly place. It's great for that kind of thing. Did it work? No. We were we were driving to and from Tesco, going over speed bumps. Do you remember this? Just trying to bounce, bounce Penny out. Trying to get through Winnell and seeing how quickly yeah. we can get from Winnell. To be fair, most of the time I drive through Winnell, I drive at a decent speed to try and get through it quickly. But this was really quite something. I was trying to, you know, everything I could to get her out. Well, we did loads of spicy food. Oh, yeah, we did. We had um, spicy chilli, like Mexican food. We had spicy Indian curries. That didn't work. No. We did snacks. Yeah, but that that's a weird... That, again, we don't want to go into too much detail. I say we don't <laughs> This is a fucking podcast. We do it all the time. But like... It, 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 Hi, Celia. My mum will be Celia, listening. Carol. <laughs> But you just, it, yeah, I don't know. We I, were just uh, desperate. We were really desperate. Sex did not work either. Nothing worked. Except until I put a question box up on my Instagram page and out of desperation. And I got you know, a lot of the suggestions that we've already said. And somebody messaged me and said, have you tried the Miles Circuit? Now, I have got a definition for you. The Miles Circuit is a sort of series of positions that help to move your baby into a favorable position and relieve back pain caused by your baby not being in a favorable position. To begin with, the entire circuit should take 90 minutes from start to finish. It is a series of positions that you get yourself in that are meant to encourage your baby to drop down, therefore putting pressure, I'm guessing, on your cervix and and encourage the process along. I think we should just disclaimer that this is nothing to do with sex anymore because we've gone from talking about sex to talking about different positions. It's not the fucking Karma Sutra. And a chap called Miles. Yeah. We brought Miles in. Tristan sat in the corner and watched. It was very strange. 
<laughs> oh my goodness, I hope Penny never listens to this. Um, but it was really funny, actually. The um, the mile circuit, I've forgotten what it was called. I just knew I'd done these positions thick. So I Googled like positions on YouTube. You can imagine what came up there. And in the end, I was like, do you know what? I need to go back through my history. So I went back through my whole YouTube history for the last year. Um, and around about January time, guess what we were watching the most? Think dancing about, fruit? Yes, the dancing <laughs> goddamn fruit. If you are a parent, you will know that your child sometimes inconsolably cries and there is this marvellous thing on the internet which is some dancing fruit on a black like background it's got this really jazzy music and honestly Penny would watch it she'd be absolute trance so when we got really really desperate and I'm talking like 3am Penny screaming nothing is working we would put on the dancing fruit I'd forgot about its existence and there it was back in my January history of YouTube right you ready because I'm going to play some of the music and this this genuinely like this is the soundtrack to the most of Penny's early life. Yeah, early 2022. <laughs> and so what you can't see is that there's a strawberry at the moment just like shimmying onto the screen, bouncing up and down. It's a raspberry, actually. Oh, sorry. So he's just dancing. And on, I've never seen anything like it. You know what a bug catcher is, right? There's things that like shine bright and flies like, wow, moth, and they go into it and, like, zzz, and they die. Yeah. Happens in Wreck-It Ralph, actually, in Heroes Duty. And it's similar to The Clan. Very similar. Again, similar energy across all three of those things. <laughs> but honestly, if Penny could move, I think she would have tried to crawl in and just be the strawberry. She be was obsessed. Be Feel the strawberry, be the strawberry. She was... She fucking loved it, didn't oh, she? she did. It was like her favourite thing. She would just sit and stare, and she could be in hysterics. And then, and we didn't get out often. No. Right? It wasn't something we pulled out often. It says a lot about how much YouTube watching in January, but that was the most watched thing mm. because we got it out like three times. But we were just so delirious. We didn't yeah. any other time. It was like else. our little trump card, wasn't it? But if she, yeah, if she was hysterical, it was without fail. The thing that would stop her crying. Oh, yeah. It was amazing. It's great. If you're currently pregnant, make sure you get that saved on your YouTube because oh, it is an absolute godsend. But anyway, I skipped further back. I found the Miles circuit. I was like, aha, that is what it's called. I remember. So picture this. It's Sunday, the 5th of December. Let me, re- me remind you that Penny's due date is the 6th of December and her induction is booked for the 8th of December. So we are getting really, really close now. We have tried the steps. We have tried the snacks. We have tried the spicy food, all the S's, and nothing has worked. So we're in our little Winchester terrace house. I've been trying to create all the happy hormones. You know, I've got Christmas decorations up. The tree is illuminated. I've got my white company winter candle burning. Everything is great. And I'm lying down on the bed, face down, my bum in the air, like a cat sort of arching its back in this position. I think it's for about 30 minutes, just trying to put as much pressure. I think the idea, please don't quote me. I am I am literally not a doctor. And check with your midwife before you try this at home. But I think the idea is that baby kind of moves down towards you if you imagine your bum's in the air and your head is down baby's like moving down it's when you get up it suddenly baby like drops down gravity pulls it is that what's happening and it puts pressure suddenly on your cervix i think if baby's head down there's a lot of pressure just down on baby whereas if you are in that position where you're like inverted baby's able to like move around a little bit your arms a bit and all of a sudden i remember you sat up and you're like oh 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 like it felt different so then I go downstairs and I'm like, do you know what, Tris? We were upstairs at this point. I was like, right, I think that's enough of this Kama Sutra Miles circuit thing. I'm going to go downstairs. I'm going to bounce on my ball and I'm going to try myself even happier by watching Princess and the Frog. A film, in fact, that I have never completed. But I love that song. 
I'm almost there, almost there. You know, when you're like having a mental breakdown and you're on the verge, I sing that to myself, it calms me down. But I was sat watching Princess and the Frog bouncing on my birth ball and suddenly I felt wetness. A teeny tiny little trickle of wetness. I was like, oh, oh, that was something. So I think I FaceTimed you, didn't I? And I said, can you come downstairs, please, and have a little look at my my leggings? Yeah, that is exactly what happened. And you, you spread your legs. Oh, with your leggings on, though. Yes. Don't worry. We, 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 the sex was very much off the cards at this point. <laughs> and lo and behold, there was a, a teeny tiny damp patch. Teeny tiny tiny. What were you doing at this point? Because you were upstairs. So I've actually, <laughs> I've gone through my phone. Yeah. I've scrolled back. It took me about 20 minutes to scroll back through my WhatsApp. But I found our texts. From that night, the 5th of December, 2021. So obviously you've called me. It's actually Monday the 6th at this point. Because it's 10 minutes past midnight. Oh, Okay. I'm upstairs at this point and I am test you babying. I'm making test you baby stuff. No. But I'm making memes. Oh. <laughs> so I don't know if I posted any of these actually. One of them is the scene from The Lion King with Mufasa. No, you definitely posted that one holding up yeah, Simba. Holding up yeah, Simba yeah. with our it's faces not, on the It's not lines. Mufasa. It's, isn't it Rashiki? Isn't it the monkey? Yeah, but Mufasa's the... the Dad. Yeah, he's there. But my face is... I put my face on Mufasa <laughs> and your face on Of the course other one. you have. I then took the nativity scene and put our faces on Mary and Joseph. Yeah, we decided not to share that one. Yeah, that was a, that was a, yeah, that was just more because, you know, we didn't want to get any heat for it. But I think I'm posted now. I'm more confident now. <laughs> you feel riskier. And then I also did the scene from Gavin and Stacey at Neil the Baby's Christening where you've got Smithy and Nessa holding Neil the Baby and they're having a group photo. And I put our faces on that. And that's what I was doing that evening. So that even the orders broke, I was making memes. For Test You Baby. What a time to be alive. And I've texted you saying, can I turn the stable seat into us? <laughs> You said, I love that. And then you said, it's happened again. Come down and look. Oh, hubba hubba. I know. And I said, any more? And you said, memes? <laughs> I said, no, water. <laughs> oh, I don't think so. Just bouncing. I'll look in a bit. I think I was using, I didn't have a mirror. I think I was using the camera on my phone to try and look between my legs. An hour passed. I said, water's broken. Um, it's 1am. What are we doing up at 1am? <laughs> I said, water's broken yet? You said, nope. Ha ha. A bit more of a trickle. I was really waiting for a big gush. I wanted something theatrical. It just didn't happen. Do you know, it was so uneventful that actually we did eventually go to bed and it took until the afternoon of the next day, and this is very irresponsible of us, to even call the hospital, the day assessment unit and say, yo, I think maybe we should get checked out. They say, if you think that your waters have broken, you must come in and get checked out. Because if they have broken, but you're not in active labour yet, it increases your chance of infection. I swear, it was probably about 4pm when we finally called them. Silly, silly Miranda and Tristan. But we called them and they were so lovely. So this was Monday the 6th again at this point. And they said, no, come in, we will test you. And they did this thing where you lie down on the bed. So we've arrived at the hospital. And you have your legs in the air and they put this like speculum thing in and they look to see if water's pool within that plastic tube. I know that's a little bit explicit, but you get the gist. And I lay there for a good half an hour and nothing pulled. So at this point, I'm starting to feel pretty embarrassed. I'm like, oh my God, I am that classic woman that's come in and be like, my waters are broken and you've just wet yourself. But they thought, and I'm so glad they did, they thought, you know what? We're going to test just a little bit of that sort of vaginal fluid I'm sorry we're going there um just to see you know what it what it's made up of and I really do feel quite cringed and embarrassed at this point and you're being so lovely and reassuring but we're sat in this little room we've been there for a couple of hours I feel like I'm wasting these midwives time and they take a little swab and they go away and like look we're going to go and test it for amniotic fluid okay great and we sit and we chill and we wait for quite a while like they take a long time to come back don't they 
well, they're testing it, aren't they? So we're just left sitting in this room and we're, we're then talking about what we're doing for dinner, like what our plan is for the <laughs> evening, because we're, you know, for, for all we know, we're going home. We're going to go home and just chill and then... Come in for our induction, potentially on the Wednesday morning, which yeah, has already... Later. Yeah, which has been booked in. Do you remember, it's literally just come back to me, that we heard a gasp. I heard somebody gasp outside the room. Like there was some kind of like, oh, like that kind of noise. And it was muffled because they were outside, but there was some sort of exclamation. Anyway, when this midwife does come back in, she comes in holding an induction booking in her hands and says, Well, your waters have broken. You were right. <gasps> oh my goodness. And you were buzzing because you were like, Well, thank goodness I've not actually just wet myself. Yep. I've still got a little strand of dignity somewhere. <laughs> So, yeah, they said that obviously our induction had been booked for the Wednesday. They'd since brought it forward to the Tuesday. So at this point, it's what, 7, 8 p.m. On, on a Monday mon- on evening? Monday and like, and they were like, you're in 12 hours for your induction. And we were like, oh, my God, it's real now. Like, that was the first time that I actually thought, shit, like, it's 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 actually happening now. Yeah. And we went back out to the car um, and we called my mum, who classically didn't answer her phone. Yeah. Um, we then, I think, called your mum, who did answer her phone. We explained what had happened to Carol. We went back to calling my mum, didn't answer her phone. We called my dad, didn't answer his phone. We called my sister, my brother, the house phone. Nobody answered the phone. And I've actually gone back through the text to see what I said at that point in time in our WhatsApp family chat. I think I had my sassy pants on because I text saying, is no one home? Your firstborn is 40 weeks pregnant. Why is no one glued to the phone? I don't know why I thought it was so important. Um, Beth, my brother's girlfriend, absolute babe, replied, going, are you okay, hun? Um, me and Beth are at Beth's house. Ha, ha, why? Um, and then finally, at this point, my mum did answer the phone and I explained what had happened. <laughs> and the texts that ensued afterwards are so exciting. So my mum. Water's broken. Beth, oh my God. My brother Alexander, Jesus Christ. Celia, induction brought forward to tomorrow. Might go into labour tonight. And then Ginny, my sister, sent that meme. You know Michael Scott from The Office? Oh my God. Okay, it's happening. She sent that. We had lots of capital letters, exclamation marks, deep breaths. Alexander, it's actually happening. Everybody calm down, my dad. Life will never be the same. Ginny, oh my God. Alexander, move, move, move. My mum's sending pictures of her packing her bags. Beth, pack like you've never packed before. Alexander, Operation Baby Boom is ago honestly it was absolute chaos and pandemonium it's a miracle that anybody made it down to winchester at all so we got back home that evening having been at the hospital for a few hours and had to like prepare ourselves it was a really weird night because we were back at the hospital in 12 hours time so like you want to get sleep but at the same time you're excited mm-hmm. you know you, you're then thinking like oh my god like all this stuff so you've had a hospital bag packed for like three, four months. Oh yeah, we have ages. It's been ready for such a long time and it's been, you know, checked and checked and make sure things are in there, stocked up, everything you need for having a baby is in there. But for some reason, because all of a sudden it becomes very real, you're like, I need to pack the hospital bag. I I don't trust myself. So I emptied the entire thing, (laughs) repacked it, put everything back in as it was before. And then got our food ready because we had this this ridiculously big bag of food. We did over there in food, didn't we? We We did over there a little bit. We had loads of stuff ready to go. And then we were like, shit, it's it's tomorrow. Yeah. It's happening. And so do you remember what we did? We ordered a pizza yep. from Papa John's. Um, we took some photos of the bump, just like the two of us with, with bump, knowing that that was the last bump picture. That was a very, again, surreal moment. Um, and I had a shower and Dyson hair wrapped my hair because I was like, well, if I'm going to have a baby, I want to look good whilst I'm pushing her out. I mean, I didn't look good. I looked horrific. And my hair was tied up in the end, wasn't it? But anyway, I tried. I tried. Uh, so my mum came down to Winchester. She was looking after the bunny rabbits. 
you'll remember Bobo and Kyushio. They're still going strong. Someone had to babysit them. Um, and we went to sleep. I mean, I didn't sleep that much. We woke up at about 5am, didn't we? Like in anticipation. You, Tris, were like a classic dad at an airport. You know the TikTok audio. Dung, 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 like dad mode activated. That was you all over. Well, I knew that that was the day I was becoming a dad. Yeah, you go. So That's I why. Had, I had to do my, like from the moment I got up, I had to embody you know, the, the epitome of father. Yeah. And so we lived, for context, we lived five minutes from the hospital, right? And that was five minutes just in the middle of the day. Yeah. Yeah. So pretty, pretty close. Being a father, I decided that it was very important we gave ourselves plenty of time, even though it was like <laughs> 6 a.m. to get to the hospital. So we left with, what was it, like half an hour? Yes. I got to the hospital. Bear in mind, like, and, and, and it's, it's a route that's full of traffic lights, right? So often you're going along and you stop at traffic lights, which is why it can take a little bit longer. I cannot tell you how... I don't think I braked once that whole journey. We just went through every traffic light was green. So we did it in like three minutes. We could have driven to the hospital, driven back, like have, having forgotten something, picked it up and then driven back to the hospital again and still have done that in 20 minutes. Yeah, so we had a lot of times. So we then ended up just sitting in the car park in the hospital. Probably could have gone in. Like in hindsight, we probably could have put it. Yeah, do you know what? it's weird because I don't know why we decided to do that. Yeah, we were treating it like it was some shop or like an office that opens at a time. This is a hospital; it's open twenty four hours a day. I don't know what we were thinking really, but we did. But actually, I'm kind of grateful for that because we had a really nice moment where we were just sat in the car. Obviously, it was December, so it was pitch black outside, and we kind of turned round and we looked at that baby car seat that was in the back of the car, and we said to ourselves, "Next time we're in this car." Like Penny, well, uh, Penny, we, we weren't calling her Penny at that point. We we're still calling her Squidgy Woo. Um, Squidgy Woo will be with us. And that was special. So I'm glad that we t- did get there a little too early. But it was weird because then we walked into the hospital. And when you go into the Winchester hospital, you always turn right to go to the midwife bit, the day assessment unit, yada, 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 where you have all your routine appointments. But we didn't go right. We went up in the lift to the sacred floor, to the labour ward. And it's like you have a golden ticket when you're having an induction because you're allowed to go straight in. If you're just in labour, it's the classic thing, I've, well, so I've heard, that you go in, they check you over. They're like, oh, sorry, you're only two centimetres dilated. Not diluted. Go back home, sit in the bath and take some paracetamol. We didn't have to do any of that. We we just got to go straight in. And so we went to the pre, there's like a prenatal bit, isn't it? Where they're sort of getting women ready for things like induction. And it was really lovely because we sat down having been given like a little questionnaire to fill out or something with all our bags and our midwife, yeah. midwife Sophie, who you will know from season one, uh, she was finishing her shift from that night. So she was on nights that week. So she knew that she would be in the following night. And wanted to come and say hello to us and just say, hey, how you doing? You know, so exciting. It was lovely she... to see a friendly face, wasn't it? Yeah, well, she'd actually changed her shifts around. She'd put herself on nights that week so that when we were having our induction on the Wednesday, she would be coming in on Wednesday evening to... to Hopefully deliver. And it just so happened that she was on nights Monday and Tuesday night as well. So we actually got to see her as we arrived and then kind of wave goodbye to her with this kind of nervous, see you later, hopefully. Like, yeah. as in, will she be born before then? Will she not? And we didn't really know what was going on. So that was a really nice, like, reassuring moment to have a friendly face, like you say, but someone who, you know, isn't just in and gone. We knew she was coming back and we knew that she would be there in the evening. And she's like, right, I will I will see you later, which yeah. is a really lovely, like, 
moment for us. Yeah, definitely. And at this point, I'm having like mild contractions, aren't I? Like they put us in a little booth with a curtain around it. I'm lying on a bed. Um, I'm strapped up. You've got the pink strap and the blue strap, which are measuring contractions. And then baby's heart rate, I think it is. Those are two things. Uh, yeah, it must be that. Yeah, contractions, heart rate. And then you have a little clicker in your hand that does every time that you get a kick, you do the clicker. That's right. And it puts a little mark on the printout. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. Oh gosh, yeah, I forgot all about this. Um, so yeah, I am strapped up. I have started having contractions. They are mild though. We get swapped for COVID. COVID. Do you know, it's really funny. I absolutely hate having COVID tests. I don't mind so much if I do them myself, but if someone does them to me, like I really, I find it so painful and uncomfortable, which is kind of a good thing because I was so stressed in the lead up to Penny's birth about having a COVID swab that I actually didn't dwell on the fact that I was about to go into labour, which allowed me to be slightly more relaxed. And actually they let us do the COVID swab ourselves, even though Tristo had to keep a mask on the whole time. Until I was pushing Penny out, Tristan wore a mask for the entirety of labour. I wonder if that's still the case now. I don't know. It was a really frustrating experience because we're tested negative. It's not even like it's a lateral flow test, right? They do a PCR test, so yeah. you do it and it's sent off and then you get a text within like three, four hours because they fast track it that says test negative and that then goes onto your record so that they know you're negative and then you have to retest every 24 hours or something. Yeah. You'd been tested beforehand as well, I yeah. think. Yeah, we were tested. Yeah, of course. Yeah, 100% we were tested. Yeah. In the run-up too. Yeah. And then tested on the day that we arrived. So we, we knew isolated have, as well. Yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah. I forgot about this. Those two weeks where we were trying to induce labour, we put ourselves into self-prescribed isolation. Yeah. Because you've got to remember back then, so this is December 2021, if Tris had COVID... There's a every possibility, in fact, I think it probably would have been a fact within our particular hospital that he wouldn't have been allowed into the hospital with me. He wouldn't have been present for Penny's birth. And oh my goodness, he wouldn't have been able to support me through the labour. I couldn't imagine anything worse, really. I, it really upsets me thinking about women that gave birth like in 2020 and stuff and couldn't have partners in the room. Oh gosh, I don't know how they got through it. Um, but yeah, so we were so, so careful, so careful in the lead up to um, Penny's due date. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So sat in our room with our lovely big windows looking out into Winchester as the rain poured down. We were then just left waiting, really, weren't we? We didn't yeah. really have, like, a next step. It no. was more that we were just, just waiting for a doctor to come and see us slash anything to, to ramp up a bit. So they were monitoring you, coming back and checking you every now and then, doing your obs, etc. And we were told, right, a doctor will come and do the rounds this afternoon and we'll work out a bit more of a plan. So the doctor did come around. Uh, she scanned me. She saw that Penny was head down, which we already knew. Um, and she checked my contractions. She checked my cervix. She did a little little sneaky, sneaky look. Uh, and I was still only two centimetres dilated at this point. So for all the you know, stretch and sweeps and the raspberry leaf tea, hoping to soften the cervix and yada, 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 it hadn't really done anything. I just was where I was at before. So they said, look, what we're going to do is we're going to break the rest of your waters. I didn't realise your waters are split into different parts. What have you you've got, like the front and the back? you got your... I know the back one's called the hind because I knew your hind waters had broken, which is why there was a trickle. Yes. And so the the four, four and hind? Yeah, it must be. I don't know what it is. But the front one. Tristan's like cupping his hand yeah, as they're holding a bag like, of know, water. Show what it would be like. Um, so we had to then break the four waters, which would then like allow Penny slash Squidge to, to drop and come down a bit more. And put more pressure on my cervix. And so we were then told, right, there'll be a room on labour ward for you soon. Sit tight. And we, what, was like half an hour of that? Yeah, we were in our room by 3.15. The room that we had was so lovely. We actually, we vlogged the whole birth and we're going to be releasing that video around about Penny's birthday. Um, so yeah, make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel. And if you don't already, follow me on Instagram, Miranda.burn. So I'll be posting about it over there. So you don't forget. Um, but yeah, like we went into our room and we've got this on camera. It was just so lovely. Our midwife for the first part of Penny's labour was called Laura and was actually, the midwife who looked after us in the sort of um, later stages of Amberly's birth. So Sophie, midwife Sophie, she delivered Amberly and then she went home and Laura took over and looked after us. And it was the complete other way around for Penny's birth. Laura looked after us and then Sophie was there for afterwards and delivered Penny. Um, so yeah, Laura like loves the whole hypnobirthing thing. Um, we She chose a really good room for us. It was massive. It was painted like pinky purple, wasn't it? She had a projector that had sort of like a, it was like a mixture of the night sky and water making this beautiful pattern all over the ceilings we brought our own fairy lights we had those like hung up around the outside of the room we had little tea lights obviously battery powered ones not real flames uh, those were lit and we had music playing and it was just gorgeous like the room was really really lovely and it definitely made me happy so we had those waters broken they put the little prongy thing up in your bed and they hook it around and it goes and then there's a massive gush and it's really weird because it feels so warm and there's so much of it and what will happen is you will like move a little bit and more will come like it's it's hard to explain but it's like you have a bottle of water and you know like getting the last bit of water out you really have to like shake that bottle it's kind of the same when your waters break it doesn't all come at once they actually did it when you were lying down. So they broke your waters lying down. And then they said, right, why don't you stand up? <laughs> so they put a little puppy pad on the floor for yeah, you. Yeah, they did. And you stood up. And you know when you finish doing washing up and you put like a glass upside down on the draining board or on a drying rack 
and like it kind of just drips out. Yeah. That was what was happening with you. Oh my gosh, I thought you were going to say when you finish washing up and you pour the contents of the washing bowl into the sink, that's what it felt like. It gushed. I finally did get my gushing water experience that I didn't get before when we were watching The Princess and the Frog. So that was fun. So all this was happening at around about 4pm. So context, in our room at 3.30, broke your waters half an hour later and then begins labor yeah like the 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 real thing yeah so i tried to stay upright for as long as i could i just knew that that was like you know how gravity helps you right it encourages the baby to drop so i was like right i'm gonna stay upright i was drinking LucasAid. i was eating my itsu pot noodles katsu curry ones oh so good although they've recently changed the recipe which i'm really upset about and every now and then i get an older one in a shop and it doesn't have the new added chili flakes and it's much nicer i get very excited about that uh, we were watching the film eurovision you know the will ferrell one that's on netflix so we were just trying to make a really happy environment for me we were dancing i had my country playlist on my musical theater playlist on all the cheesy tunes um we've got footage actually of tris and i doing uh big, big fish, fish little, little fish, fish cardboard, cardboard box. box big fish little fish cardboard box i don't know why just trying to make no the ha- happy hormones flow um and yeah this just continued and i was strapped up i was having contractions interestingly and we have learned since that Penny was like back to back. So she'd kind of moved around into the wrong place. But I was getting a lot of pain in my back. Not much in my front at all, but my my lower back and my thighs were so just achy, like deep aching. And of course, I was trying to remain stood up. So you imagine your legs aching. Imagine you've like walked for 15, 20 miles and your your legs are in bits, but you're like trying to stay on your feet at the same time. That's kind of the sensation that I had, just like a really deep ache. But these contractions weren't being picked up on the monitor. Like I was being monitored, obviously, because I was induced. It's just a slightly, I don't want to use the word riskier, but you know, like they just have to be careful. Um, So I was being monitored and they were like, oh, your contractions are okay, but you know, they're not, they're nothing major. And Tris will remember this better than I do. It's like a graph, isn't it? And it literally plots and paper spews out like a printer, tracking exactly when your contractions are and how big they are. Yeah. And so you get the line that's baby's heart rate, the line that is the contractions and how they build. I think it's, it, I don't know how it works in terms of numbers, but I think it like peaks up at like 70 or, or yeah, something. something like that. So when we first arrived, it was, you know, you were peaking at around like maybe 10, 15, like yeah. it wasn't, there wasn't really much going on. And then you get a peak that was much higher, yeah. which obviously was a proper contraction. And as it went on, they got higher and higher and higher, but they also got more frequent. So they were happening more often in that kind of graph. You get like these little peaks, they look like little mountains, don't they? Yeah. Like and it, the it, Alps. It builds up and then it drops away. And it builds up and drops away. And that is how they are able to, to look at it and say, okay, this section here that we are looking at of this printout is five minutes. And I can see there are three contractions in five minutes. So you're ramping up more and yeah. more. So there you go. That is the scene for the next six hours. Um, and the only thing really to note that happened in that period of time as we were waiting for everything to ramp up is that I did throw up and I started to get really cold. And I remember that my feet in particular were so chilly and I had on incredibly like fluffy thick socks that I bought from Amazon. And I was very proud of them because in the hip the birthing, they're always like, need to have warm feet, yada, yada, yada. So I was like, I must have warm feet. And I didn't, I had really cold feet. And it's interesting because as we go on and explain the story, being shivery is a sign of infection. So just remember that little piece of information. At about 10pm, they decide to examine me. And much to my dismay, um, I'm only at three centimetres dilated. My contractions have slowed down a bit and everything just seems to have kind of mellowed. And they decide to take my temperature and take my bloods because they're getting a little bit concerned. I'm guessing because I'm complaining that I'm cold. I really felt like the windows were open and there was a draft. That wasn't the case at all. Nobody else was cold. And they take my temperature and I do have a temperature 
temperature. And so they send my bloods off just to look for if uh, there are any like signs of infection in my blood. And then a little bit later, a male doctor comes in and he says, look, Miranda, you have been in, you know, labor for six hours, um, but it's actually now close to 48 hours since your waters technically broke way back when, when I was sat in that bouncing ball back in a little Winchester Terrace house. And we're starting to be concerned that maybe there might be an infection and we need to ramp things up properly now. So we're going to put you on the oxytocin drip. Are you okay with that? And I think I managed to wangle like half an hour extra of no oxytocin drip because I just, I'd heard horror stories, right? I'd heard that if you have the oxytocin drip, it just becomes really painful because it's like an artificial contraction. Their whole stance with the oxytocin drip wasn't we were putting on the drip. It was like, we'll give you a little bit of oxytocin just to help you along a little bit, which I think, of course, they put you on the oxytocin drip, but it was more about... A little bit, just to kind of, if, you, if you're like on the edge, on the cusp of labour, but you know, you weren't quite going to get there yourself, a little bit of oxytocin would just pop you over the edge and you, you'd be able to start, yeah. you know, start properly contracting. I think because we've been in hospital at this point, well over 12 hours, like yeah. we've been in hospital for a long time. And I'd been on my feet for most of that time as well. It was a long day and we thought, let's just get this baby out. Because obviously there are these kind of background signs of infection, nothing confirmed yet, but these background signs of infection it's been a long time that your water's been broken. It's probably time to start thinking about trying to have this baby as soon yeah. as possible. So I say yes, I have the oxytocin drip put in. Um, and yeah, do you know what? It does get a little bit more uncomfortable. I'm going to use the word uncomfortable because, you know, that's what hypnobirthing teaches you. Um, but I am starting to struggle ever so slightly. And so I ask for some pain relief uh, and I get given cocodamol, which doesn't even touch the sides. And then I get given diamorphine. And this is my one regret for the whole of labour. I wish I hadn't said yes to diamorphine. I didn't realise that diamorphine is basically a legal form of heroin. And so it wiped me out. I had this diamorphine at around about 11pm. So the oxytocin has been in my system for, you know, just under an hour. And it made me so spaced out. Like I was just not with it. Didn't touch the pain. So I was still in pain, but I just felt so like lethargic and tired. And there's footage that like Trisha's got of me and my eyes are going in different directions. Like I can't even focus on you. I can't string a sentence together. And so imagine right at this point, I'm really cold. I'm really tired. I'm still in pain and my blood results come back and I have got infection markers in my blood and at this point I didn't remember this until we were going back through it before we started recording Tris said I got offered a cesarean and I think they were just they started to see that I was like losing my way a little bit and to be honest I think I was like mentally I didn't feel the confidence that I had to begin with anymore I was like oh it's all going a little bit wrong it's all going pear-shaped maybe I should say yes to this um, cesarean but gal is a Taurus and stubborn as fuck so she said no I will not have a cesarean I don't want a cesarean I've already given in and had an induction please let me stick with this one thing that I had planned. Um, And so they put me on an antibiotic drip to try and help with the infection. Um, And yeah, I said I would like an epidural because I, I I made this decision, you know, I was feeling foggy in my brain, but I had this moment of absolute clarity where I sort of had a conversation with myself and I said, Miranda, look, you're starting to lose control mentally. Once you lose control mentally, like physically it's gone, you are going to need the cesarean. The one thing that might help at this point is a like a pain relief. The only thing that's going to touch it is an epidural. And so, yeah, we, we we made that decision. And if you listen to season one, you'll know that I was so like, I'm not having an epidural. It's going to hurt me back. Well, guess what? <laughs> I was weak and I said yes. I wasn't weak. I take that back. It wasn't weakness. Like I knew, I knew that I needed it. I think everyone in that room was really like willing you. And, and you know, we knew that you ha- you could do it, right? Up until that point that you had the dimorphine, 
you were smashing it. I was so focused. And can I just say, up until that point as well, I'd had no pain relief at all. I've been on my feet pretty much the entire time. I've been so focused. I've been doing my breathing. Like, I, w- I was feeling really proud of myself. I was like, yes, I can do this. And so that little bit of extra pain relief would take away enough of whatever else was going on to put you back in that zone and focus you better. 100%. Because the dimorphine, I mean, it's bloody brilliant if you've got a pain that you need to just have numbed and get rid of. Mm-hmm. But if at the same time you're having to try and push a child out of your vagina, yeah, yeah, yeah. like it almost takes you steps forward in terms of the pain, but brings you steps back in terms of what it does for you but in, in the person. But it didn't even take me steps forward in the pain because <laughs> it, did, it didn't even touch the sides. I actually had a debrief with the midwife afterwards and she said from the sounds of it, I was, well, she went back through my notes. She was like, you were in active labour when they gave you diamorphine. And she was like, she laughed. She was like, diamorphine ain't going to help at that point. Diamorphine is for the early stages where you need to sleep it off where you're like getting contractions you're in a little bit of pain and they're like look go home sleep for six hours come back in hopefully you'll have dilated a bit more not when you're in the like ah point of giving birth not when you're moving (laughs) yeah not when you're moving so they changed me into my robe i'd forgotten this but they handed tristan a leaflet with so much information on it because obviously they have to get consent i am in no mental state to give consent to something at this point but they were blessed and they have to do their job they were like tristan you must read this to miranda she must legally consent so you were there trying to read this information to me like you must understand the risks and side effects of having an epidural and I was just there like yes 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 it's fine I understand I give consent You're like no Miranda let me finish my laminated sheet of paper it's like when you sign up to a direct debit and they have to read all these things about yes. like financial and ma- making it fair and stuff. And you're like, I would, if this was online, I'd just tick a box. Oh yeah, it was a T's and C's. I was like, scroll, 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 scroll. Oh yeah, there's the book, the box, tick. But I'm you, done. You can't scroll through Tristan though. No, you, you have can't. to. You have to listen to Tristan, take it all in. <laughs> and at the same time, I'm obviously reading all this stuff and it's a medical procedure. It's involving your spine. Oh. There are risks. Mm-hmm. So I'm having to read and be like, there is a one in mm chance of total paralysis i was like ah, <laughs> lovely oh i know it was a lot of pressure on you can i just say actually tristan was bloody brilliant the whole of labor you were absolutely incredible what we haven't talked about is the fact that when i was having contractions in that in that period of time when i had had the oxytocin drip but i wasn't yet like having the diamorphine whatever incident that was so i was still on my feet like Tris would almost sense when a contraction was about to start. And I got to a place where I couldn't speak anymore. They say, you know, when you're in active labor, when you can no longer speak. And I wasn't stringing sentences together. And I would just like go like, and you would run towards me. And the only way I felt comfortable, and it's actually really cute and sentiment to our relationship, was like if you were like holding me and I was almost a part of you our bodies were so entwined like I had to have you so close to me and like feel your strength and your smell and your you know, your arms wrapped around me and that was the only way that I was getting through these contractions and I was doing my breathing and you were counting me through and I you know contractions they build 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 build, build, build and then they drop down and it's like that peak is is you know the, the peak of the discomfort and then it's the kind of release afterwards and you get back into the room and you got me through so many of those peaks by just being present and holding me but I did start to like claw you a little bit didn't I bite your neck at one point yeah I had loads of bite marks on me (laughs) I'm sorry I had scratches bruises on my arms on my hands because I mean obviously it's fine like I would never complain about it because the pain that I am in in that moment is nothing compared to the pain that you are in during labour right yeah so I was absolutely fine to be honest I think I was so full of adrenaline that I didn't really feel it until I got home and had a shower I looked at myself and went oh my god I've been in a fight (laughs) 
Which is kind of what it felt like. Yeah, to a certain extent. It was like I'd been beaten up by yeah. you. I, mean, I do apologise. It's one of the really crystal clear moments of birth. I have probably like 10 really crystal clear moments. And one of them is that, like being in your arms and being in so much pain and seeing like the purple glow of the fairy lights behind and being like, fuck you, hypnobirthing. I need pain relief. It doesn't work. It does work, obviously, for some people. But for me, I was just done. But you being there, my knight in shining armour, like holding me strong. I'm so grateful. But yeah, we fast forward. At this point, I'm in a little bit of discomfort. I'm having my epidural. The absolutely loveliest woman, like the, she was out, such a babe of a doctor came in. She had to turn the lights on, unfortunately. So it all became a lot more clinical. I was changed into a special robe so they can get access to my back. I remember them trying to put me in the robe and me being like, no, I can't move. And they were like, Miranda, please, please put this on. We cannot give you the epidural when you're wearing your nighty. No, I can't move. Obviously being a drama queen, so pathetic. Grow up hair, Miranda. Um, but yeah, no, they were, they were really, really, really lovely. This woman was so kind. And I just want to give myself credit at this point and anybody else who actually who's had an epidural in active labor you really do have to find this like superhuman strength within you because like I've just described like you're in a lot of pain you're rolling about you're moving you all that jazz yet when you have an epidural you have to stay the stillest that you have and probably ever will in your life they're inserting a needle into your spine you're a statue and I had to experience contractions. Like I was still contracting as they were doing this epidural. But you find it within you. And that is credit to the power of the human mind. That is why I say hypnobirthing, like I 100% think like it can and will work for some people. Because in that in that moment, I was able to almost remove myself mentally from my body and say, Miranda, stay still. And I could very calmly go through contractions. And to somebody like walking through the room, apart from the the white and blue marks appearing on Tristan's arms as I like gripped his hands, you wouldn't know that I was in any pain. Like it's almost like a kind of, is it Yoda in Star Wars? Like that kind of moment where you're, you're almost in a like a meditative state. That is what it felt like. So there you go, the power of the mind. You told me afterwards, I really hurt your back, didn't I? Like you had to stay so still, crouched on the floor whilst I was having the yeah. job. I'm sat on the bed, my legs are over. Triss is like kneeling on the floor, holding me still, help, like supporting me physically and emotionally. And you couldn't move either and your back seized up. Sorry about that. Well, I think to be honest, again, nothing compared to the pain that you were in. I mean, one thing I will say... Um, is at this point, I hadn't been checked since 10pm and the epidural was going in at about 1.32am. So we are now on Wednesday, the 8th of December. Okay, it's it's a, yeah around about half one, 2am. So the epidural takes a little while to work because it has to like drain into your back and then start like relieving pain because it has to like work with your leg. It's, it's, yeah. it's complicated. complicated. It's, it's, it's medicine. It's medicine. It's, it's, it's a long way beyond me, right? Yeah. I've, even, even with my knowledge of everything that I did with IVF. And being I, a lifeguard and that first aid training. Yeah, all that stuff. Nothing to do with epidural, so gutted. <laughs> we thought, right, what can we do? We've tried everything else. We've got to the point where we're at epidural. What else is there? And we saw in the, there was gas and air, right? You, it, most people have a baby, have gas and air. You've not had any mm-hmm. gas and no, no, nothing. Can we just explain for any American listeners what gas and air is? Because Nitrous oxide. There you go. Because apparently it's not a big thing in the States. They don't do it. It's basically laughing gas, isn't it? Well, it is. It is laughing gas. Yeah. It's what kids do at parties in balloons. Which is not very safe for the brain and you shouldn't do it. But during labour, just get that stuff in. Hunky-dory. 100%. And you, you're waving Penny's snotty silky around, I know. Aren't you? I'm sorry. I don't know why I'm feeling that. That is really gross. But yeah, I mean, it, there are people who say that all they did was gas and air and it was fine. And you weren't even given that yet. So no, not at this point. The anaesthetist was like, oh, yeah, of course you have gas and air. That's, it makes so much sense to have that. Like, you've not had it yet. And we yeah. thought, well, no, we, we've not. And you had that 
And <sighs> it was honestly, with the epidural and with the gas and air, it was like the old Miranda from 9pm had returned. 9pm <laughs> Miranda was back. She was happy. She was smiling. Albeit yep. her eyes were still in the wrong directions, but she was smiling with them. So she looked a little bit less... <laughs> Dazed and confused. Dazed, yes. And so... We were in a much better place all of a sudden. Now, interestingly, um, my epidural hadn't properly kicked in. It had helped my back. And to be honest, that was the most painful part of my body. And my legs felt, one of my legs, I think my left leg felt a lot better. My right leg, I could still feel it. But I could still feel contractions in my, like my, my womb, my stomach. Interestingly, though, I didn't find them even half as painful as I found them in my back. Like, not even close. We will never know because of the way that things panned out, whether I'd have been able to have you know, Penny with just gas and air if she wasn't back to back. But I would be interested. I, w- I would love to know if that would have been possible. But anyway, you know, what happened happened. She was back to back and I had a lot of pain in my back as a result. But yeah, it doesn't matter. Like I had my gas and air. Um, and I remember my midwife saying to me, um, right, you know, it's going to be a you know, couple of hours, like settle in. And she was part- she was like, doing some paperwork, wasn't she? We were really close. Like we still are really close with Sophie. She came to our wedding. She's amazing. Um, but like the atmosphere was quite chilled. And I went over on my side. I had what's called like a peanut cushion between my legs. Like we, we, we were just, we were waiting, right? There was a sense of anticipation. I was more grounded and we were waiting for something to happen. And then just suddenly I just got this sensation of movement within me. And like I said, I could really still feel everything within like my kind of abdomen area. I remember shouting at Sophie being like, Sophie, I can feel something. Sophie, it's, um, it's moving. Something's happening. And she was like, yeah, yeah, Slightly yeah. more panicked than that. Yeah, maybe a bit more shrill. It was almost like you, you know, there's that program Monsters Inside Me on like Discovery Channel where people have like, I had a worm growing on my arm for seven years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like that. It was like, oh my God, something, she's moving, something's moving. Something's moving. And Sophie came up. She's like, eh, you chill, be fine. She had a little look. She came back up. And she said, She right. held your hand. She held, yes, she did. She came round and she held my hand and she said, Miranda, I can see her. She's there. She's coming. And I look at Sophie and I'm like, but the epidural hasn't worked. And she looks at me and she goes, it's going to be a rough two hours, but we're having this baby. The, the epidural had worked as much as it was going to work. The pain that I was in was the pain that I was going to work with. But do you know what? Actually, I'm grateful for it. I don't think I would have wanted to have been numb from the waist down. I really like the fact that I could feel myself like contracting and pushing Penny out. I say my stomach, it wasn't my stomach, but that's what it felt like. Um, Except interestingly, it wasn't a rough two hours at all, was it? By this point, we're also all crying as well. Oh, this yeah. That. It was me, you, Sophie, another yeah. midwife. Still holding my All hands. of us in tears. Yeah. And it was like this moment where we've been through such a journey together, because obviously with Amberly and everything, yeah. and it was almost like, okay, this is it now. Yeah. Everything in the, the last year and a half, two years of life has been leading up to this right now that's about to happen. Oh my gosh, it's so nuts. And so, yeah, um, Sophie, yeah, did she go out? She had to leave us briefly to go and get like another midwife because when you start to push, they need another midwife in the room just to be extra pair of hands. And you and I had a little moment together, didn't we? Like a little special moment where I think we actually started crying again. We were like, this is it. Like we're having a baby. We're going to meet our squidge. Yeah, we're going to meet our squidge. And so, yeah. I did start to push. I got that sensation. My God, it's an interesting sensation. You really do have to push. And you could see, you said you didn't want to look at my vag, but you looked at my vag. You saw it all. You saw Henny's pet, her head come in and then going back and then coming and then going back. It's like we need a really big poo. It just takes a bit of an extra push than you've got within you. That's what it felt like. And you were then, she then said you can feel her head. So you put your hand out there and you, you really felt... soft. You felt her head. Well, it has to be to get out of a vagina, doesn't it? Soft and warm. And... and she was there and she was kind of coming and going and it was a, a, a 10, 15 minutes worth of pushing and her disappearing up and coming back and coming back. And that motion is what kind of, I guess, softens things and gets things ready because you've got your perineum, which obviously you've been massaging for months. Yeah. 
and it wasn't quite going and she said Sophie said that you know we, we could have pushed for longer yeah and you might after an hour two hours have ended up in this position where you can actually get her out just with brute force yeah but I think that with the infection markers and everything and just the whole ensemble of, of, of Ev- everything, she said, would you like me to, to make a decision? As in, do an episiotomy. And I was like, yeah, sure. Give consent. Go, 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 go. And a episiotomy, for those of you who don't know, is a cut from the bottom of the vagina that kind of goes down towards the bum, but it's like a J. So it kind of curves away. At an angle, yeah. So it means that you come down and then you move away. So it, you don't connect the, the anus and, and the veg. But... That is then done so that the baby can come out because that's where Penny was stuck. Penny yeah. was getting stuck on, there. on her head. And so we did that and she was right. I think it was like one, two pushes maximum and her head came out. And then do you remember, this has literally just come back to me, that my contractions just kind of like stopped. And we had a moment of like two or three minutes where it was yeah. me, you, Sophie, this other midwife who was an absolute babe, sat in this room. Well, I obviously wasn't sat in the room, but you know, I was lying down in the room all together. And it was just really quiet and I wasn't in any pain. And I was like, well, what do we do now? And this other midwife, I don't even remember her name, but she was like, let me try something. And she massaged my tummy and she like poked my stomach around and it encouraged a contraction. Do you remember this? Yeah, it was because it was this, it's like that moment before like war when everything's silent. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's just like that. If you've seen Game of Thrones, Tristan know what I'm talking about, but the fight for that castle, that place, it's that really big episode. I'm not doing it justice. It's that silence before the storm, isn't it? That's what it felt like. We were then sat just waiting and thinking, come on. Winterfell, the battle for Winterfell. Sorry. We'd been so in this moment of like, get through it, get through it, get through it. All of a sudden you're removed from it because yeah. it's, you know nothing's happening. And, and you can only push when you're having a contraction. That's how it works. I wasn't having a contraction. And lo and behold, after this massaging, it starts building and building and building and you give it one last push and then <laughs> out comes Penny. And we're going to post a little bit of audio from that in this episode now. Oh my God! It's your baby. Oh my God! Okay, darling. That's your baby's baby. Oh my God, she sounds like heaven. <laughs> Penelope. Penelope. Oh, that's beautiful. And that is it for today. If you like what you heard, the best way to support us is to leave a review, share with your friends, family, parents, guardians, custard-filled brains, whatever it may be. (laughs) And don't forget to hit subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, please don't forget to do that. Honestly, it will absolutely make our day. Next episode, we're talking about the fallout, the aftermath. Penny is in the world. What the hell happened next? So yeah, make sure that you're subscribed so that you don't miss that. And don't forget, you can see our faces over on Instagram, including Penny's, Miranda.Burns, Tristan.Hall, and Test Tube Baby Pod. Pod. For? Podcast. Love you. Bye. Bye. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.